This is Karen with NewClevelandRadio.net, and it is time for Avoid the Maze. And Avoid the Maze is about a journey. All of us are on a journey. And my guest today, Alfred Jackson, is on a real journey. In fact, we were just talking about the fact that he's on the West Coast. I'm on the East Coast. It's a little early in the morning on the West Coast. Uh, But you're not even sure what day it is because you've been doing a lot of traveling, right? Yes, yes. I've been doing a lot of traveling. I was over in uh, Italy doing some work, doing some gigs, and then flew into Wisconsin because when I'm not doing my artist stuff, you know, we have to pay our bills. So (laughs) I'm I'm a guest entertainer on cruise ships with a group called Uptown. So we travel a lot to different places. And so we came into the States, did a showcase, then went to New York, then we went to Jersey. It's, It's, I mean, we just, it's, I'm all over the place. <laughs> well, and now people are back out coming to see you in person rather yes. than uh, depending on Zoom or Facebook Live concerts. So tell me a little bit, what was it like for you during the lockdown, during the pandemic? I mean, for an artist, you just sort of depend on your gigs, don't you? Yes, yes. Uh, when the pandemic hit, uh, I was on tour with the group and um we had all these dates and then literally the show just started shutting down and I had to go home. And one thing I'll say about all this happening is I was allowed the opportunity to finish my album. So it was kind of like a blessing and a curse, like right. being home, but here's this thing you've been working on for a while that you finally get to finish and actually focus in on. And it actually helped me figure out what I really wanted to say about this project because I had a lot to think about just sitting at home. And I was at home with my mother and my sister and my grandmother. Wow, okay. Same same house. And, you know, it it just was a a eye-opener because it also made me think about other things as an adult. You know, yes, we're in this entertainment world, but what else do you have just in case this is to happen again? And how do you make sure you're okay? Right. You know, there's so many things that come into play. And... I also was able to buy my first home during the pandemic, which is crazy, but God is good. And um, so it was a lot of things. I was able to finish the album. I was able to buy my first home. Um, I was able to spend time with friends and family because I travel a lot and I miss a lot of important things. And also made me realize, you know, you've got to choose when to work, when not to work. You're getting older, you know, what's really important to you. So, yeah, you know, that's, that's something that a lot of us learned during the pandemic yeah. we thought was important before it took a turn, you know, it was like, yeah, I know I have to work 40, 50 hours a week, you know, to take care of my family, but I wasn't seeing my family or I wasn't happy in my job or I wasn't prepared for something like this. Like you said, what can I do now? And look at the picture in a different way and say, you know what? This probably is not going to be the last time we're going to live through something like this. Right. So so you were able to finish your album. And I've heard that from a lot of performers recently that said, you know, the pandemic was a blessing in disguise because when you're out there performing, you don't 
take the time usually to sit down and work on your craft. You're practicing, you're looking for the next gig, you're traveling. So initially here you were living with your mom, you said your grandmother and your sister. So you three generations in one house, three <laughs> women and one man, okay? Cool. Yeah. Um, what were the dynamics like, especially when you said, hey, I need some time? Uh, it's, I grew up in a religious family. So my grandmother's like, I always say my grandmother's Jesus' best friend. Um, <laughs> so, I love that. Um, she's, she, it was interesting because it's an adjustment for my mother. Then it's an adjustment for my sister because for me, I'm always traveling. I have my own place. And right before all this happened, I was like, I'm going to buy a home. So I'm going to move out, put my stuff in storage. I'm touring a lot and I'll get a new spot. So now we're all in the same house. The great thing about it was my sister and I, it was like we went back to being teenagers. So we're doing pranks on each other, those type of things. And then my mom has both of her kids in her house, uh -huh. grown adults. And, you know, she had a moment to kind of go, I want to cook dinner. I want to, you know, and then it became the whole, like, you take the trash out. You watch <laughs> Then for me, it was like, ooh, I got to go. <laughs> like, <laughs> <I guess. laughs> but it was a great experience because I was able to sit and pray with my family. And that's something that we used to do a lot. Um, and uh, my sister's an artist as well. So she wrote on my album. So we had oh. this bonding thing. And then my mom, she used to, you know, sing in the choir, direct the choir. We shot a music video. My sister and I did a single called All I Ever Wanted. And my mother's in the music video singing. And people were like, that was the best part of the video. And my mom hasn't picked up a mic in a cool minute. Wow. So it was an opportunity for all of us to just relive that moment again as kids, but also be adults in this situation and understand the importance of love the importance of being there for one another. And I mean, because it was a good few weeks where we didn't leave the house. Right. You <laughs> you <know? laughs> so it, it was an adjustment. It was an adjustment, especially because I was the only guy. And yeah. it was right back to you're the dude, you're the man. So, and then there were times I'm like, y'all can't, you can't do that. Like it's right <laughs> there. It's right there. But I, I loved it. I mean, it's cool to, you know, be there for your mom when she needs you because she's always there for me. My mom's been managing my career since I was a little kid. So to be able to return any way, you know, I can, I, I love doing that because I can never repay her for what she's done. And, you know, I'm loving this conversation for a very important reason. And I don't want it to come out political, but it, it may sound that way. I love the fact that I am talking to a young black man who has such a loving family. We need, we need the world to see yeah. that it doesn't make any difference. Our religion, the color of our skin, it's all about family and family can be blood. It can be the acquaintance that you met while you were going to school, but it's that bonding. Yes. And I'm so, I'm so impressed that your family, three generations, three women, one man made it through the pandemic. And, you know, that says a lot in the fact that you work together, you know, um, if it hadn't been for the pandemic, do you think you would have made that video with your mom singing? <laughs> uh, 
Prob you know, I don't think so because it we yeah, we had a we had a moment of bonding in the sense of um basically the music video was um, like we love this movie called Five Heart Beats. That was our thing. My sister, my mom, and I. And I was like, it'd be cool to do an, a, a spin-off of that movie, you know, tribute to Robert Townsend, because it was such a great film. And there's a scene with the brother and the sister where he's a songwriter and she's like, I don't understand what's so hard. All you gotta do is take this song, do this, da da da. So we did that whole moment. And then wow. we added a special moment, my mom coming in, us singing back and forth, and she just hits this high note and shut it down. Um, so probably not, because I probably out somewhere doing a show, missing another birthday yep. or something like that. I love that. it. So um, it was a great, great moment. And, you know, my mother and my grandmother and my sister are very strong women, you know. Um, so it's, it's funny because they're so strong. Sometimes they're like, you need to be like, hold on. <laughs> hold on. <laughs> but just talk to me, you know. Uh, but I love how strong they are. And it makes me proud of my sister, you know. Um, they're very independent. You know, I was raised by a single mother and her children were her priority. You know, if it wasn't for her, um, I wouldn't have went to a performing arts high school. I wouldn't have went to a conservatory. I was always in the arts when I wasn't in school on the weekends. She made, she was like, you want to sing? Okay, yeah. this is what we're going to do. And because of that, I didn't have time to get into things that I didn't need to get into. And she wasn't like an overbearing mom. She was involved. And, you know, she was like, I can't afford to pay the tuition for this for the conservatory. So can I make lunch for all the kids? And they were like, absolutely. So she became a mother to everybody at the conservatory. She became Mama Sheila. And um, but that was her way of making sure that we got what we needed. And she was there. So, yeah. And, and no, and that is proof. Uh, that is one of the reasons I love doing this podcast, because we always think that, well, if I can't afford it, it's not going to happen. But there are so many different ways to afford things. And, you know, we we make our own roadblocks. But when we see someone like your mother who says, OK, I'm going to invent a way that we can afford this and invent a way that my son is going to be part of it okay not just somebody who's being allowed to be yes. on the peripheral yes. and so kudos to your mom because it's it's a tough world it you is. know especially because that dollar sign hangs over our head and we always think everything depends on the dollar and yes you know we can't get food without it unless we're planting it in our garden. And if you live in Northeast Ohio, you only have a couple of months to plant. Um, so, you know, we have to look for other ways to get through the daily grind and find that passion in our heart. Yes. And that's what you have. That's what has made you the performer that you are and the songwriter that you are. Yes. So tell us, when you started working on this album, did you have a specific concept that you wanted to share with everybody or was it, you know, I'm just going to write and whatever comes together, comes together. So the way I operate when it comes to albums, um, I have to say something. It has to be important. It has to mean something. So this is my third album. So I'll just give you a quick little. So my first album was called First Draft. 
It's the first time I'm putting something out and I'm just gonna expose myself and here you go, everybody. The great thing about a first draft is you get to rewrite it, right? Yeah. Leads to the next project. You know, here we go. It gets better and better. Um, So that was the first one. The second one was called Complicated. And at that time, I felt that we as people are just making life so complicated when life is actually really simple. It's just, no, I don't like this. I do like, like, let's be forward. Let's, you know, and I'm like, why are politics so complicated? This is frustrating to me. So all these things were building up inside of me. And at the time when I created that, I was living in Japan. So that album came to me. So when I got to the third album, I, I started writing this stuff in 2019. I was doing Book of Mormon in Australia. Okay. And nothing was coming to me. I was like, I'm not feeling it. I don't want to force it. So I stopped writing. I just focused, focused on doing the show. Um, and then I came home. And I was like, I prayed about it. I was like, I really want to do something that means something. And God was like, what's the first word that comes to mind? And the word ugly came to mind. And I was like, oh, I don't want to do a record. Like, oh my God, I was called ugly. Oh, because we've all experienced that. It needs to be deeper than that. So I have a friend, his name is Gerald. He's a poet. And I said, okay, this is what the album's going to be about. I want to talk about these things, but I want to use the word ugly, but I want to get a, a different meaning. Each letter, you know, so he gave me a list of all these different meanings for each letter. And I'm reading through it. No, 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 no. And then I read it and it said, your greatest legacies, you. And I said, that's it. Because that covers so many things. Um, we decide what we're going to do in this life. Absolutely. We impact is. And also loving yourself, your self-worth. Uh, from relationships, you know, my experiences, I put that on this project, like, you know, I'm dating this person and like, I'm in a, I'm settling. Why am I settling? Or you don't deserve me. You don't appreciate me. So it's time to walk out the door. I wanted people to listen to this album and go, he's being vulnerable. He's also, it's also like therapy because this album was for me to me. And I hope that it can touch other people to appreciate their self-worth, you know, and then also Growing up, I wasn't taught about the importance of building a legacy, generational wealth, right. especially in my community. You know, in the Black community, community we talk to survive, you know, and it's, it's not that. We can't think like that because, you know, history shows we've been through a lot, but it's time to, it's time to change that. It's time to, you know, build your legacy for your children. You buy property. I'm buying property. I'm doing all these things. And it's important for us to have knowledge about you know, building our legacy, what we're leaving behind, what do we want to be remembered by? You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. So all these things came to me for this project. So then here we are now in the pandemic and I'm in the studio and I'm writing songs, a song on the album, it's called Ugly. And it talks about not just being called ugly, but growing up in this music industry and how ugly it can be, how they want to change you as an artist, how they want you to right. be something you're not. I've experienced that. I've had producers, someone very famous saying, let's close your gap. Let's cut your hair. Let's do this. And I'm like, what's wrong with me? What's wrong with me? Absolutely. Here I am 16 and these record labels are saying, you're too fat. You need to lose weight. That's a lot on anybody, but also being a man, like young man and having these issues 
of not loving yourself because you were told by regular labels you weren't hot, you weren't sexy, you, you weren't, weren't the type. Yep, you weren't the type. So then it's me going through. I gotta work out. I gotta get a trainer. What diet can I get on? Instead of like, I'm doing this for me, not for anybody else. I want to be healthy. I just want to be. Healthy. And you know, it's interesting. The more people I talk to, young, old, in between white, black, yellow, red, doesn't make any difference. Mm -hmm. All of us have these insecurities, yeah. okay? Um, and for most of my life, I thought I'm the only one. All my friends look like they got it together. Uh, they post things on Facebook or before Facebook, you know, they would have, you know, parties and it, they always look better than anything I could ever do. And I remember one day um, I was consulting with a student and I said to the student who was sitting there crying that she really wanted to be a nurse, but academically she just wasn't there. And so we started looking at other things that she could do to fulfill her life goal. And as I'm helping her through this, all of a sudden this light bulb pops up in my head. And it's basically like what you're saying, okay, so I've been told by people that I shouldn't wear my hair short. I shouldn't color my hair. Maybe you should lose some weight. Maybe you should wear this color. It was always something the opposite of who I was. And it was sitting there with her, consulting with her that, hey, who do I want to be? If I can figure out who I want to be, I'm going to be helpful, not only to myself, but everybody else. And we should not be clones of each other. We already have a lot of the same likes and dislikes. So why not be a little bit unique, whether it's our hair, the clothes we wear, the job that we do. And since that day, I started creating who I am. And that's why this podcast, because you just proved it. Okay. Record label was saying, well, Alfred, if you want to make it, this is what you have to look like. But that's what they thought you had to look like when you were 16. What was going to happen when you turn 20 and 25? And what happens when you turn 50? And if you look at some of the greats out there, you know, you look at Paul McCartney, Mick Jagger, they, they haven't changed. They're, they're looking at, they've aged in such a way that they still look like they're young. But they did what was good for them, not what somebody else wanted to mold them into. So yes. I can't wait to hear the whole album. And truthfully, I do like the word ugly only because we all feel that way in some way. And I think it's time that we all acknowledge it and then say, now where's the beauty? Because there is. Yes. Because there is, there is, um, you know, it's, it's funny because you're talking about Facebook and, you know, I was having a moment a while back and I was like, you know, as an artist, you look at Instagram, all these people have like 60,000 followers and I'm like, what am I doing wrong? Why don't I have these followers? Should I take my shirt off? What, you know, like <laughs> it's all these things, but it, it, it causes you to deal with personal, like you start to think you're not enough because you're comparing yourself to someone else on social media right. and you have no idea what they're going through or what they did 
or you know what I'm saying? You have no idea. And we we've got to stop doing that. I think it's it's unfortunately for me, I think it's kind of toxic. Um, I know it's there to the cool thing about it is you have access to your favorite artists, but I think that when Instagram first came, it used to be a platform for, look, this is what I did today. But now you can't get a gig unless you have over 10,000 right. followers. So it's like, what about the artistry? What about just being, how about you put me on so I can get those followers? Not that I need to have it to be put on. You know what I'm saying? Um, so we we have to do better at, you know, we've, we've been taught what beauty is, right? Growing up. Well, as you get older, you realize that's not what it is. It's what you see. Exactly. It's what you feel. It's what you love. And uh, I, I really hope that we evolve. Um, and I hope that people really, really pay attention to just their own personal beauty. Like, you know, your hair, your whatever it is you want to do, whatever it is you want to be, do it. And don't care. Don't care because you're giving power to someone else. That's right. Absolutely. And I think that if we can find that beautiful thing inside of us, and it's going to be different for almost all of us. Some of us are going to look in the mirror and it's going to be our eyes or, or our talent or whatever. But you have to feel it. Okay. And once you start feeling it, that's going to radiate. And, yeah. you know, when you talk about followers, it's interesting. It's almost 10 years since... Uh, I started podcasting and I've evolved in so many different ways, but I had somebody the other day say to me, you know, how many followers do you have on each of your shows? I said, you know what? I don't really look, I glance at it because I have to as a business person, but I don't get hung up on it because, you know, somebody who can pay for being out there, they're going to have more followers because they know how to do that. And if they're already doing something else, they're a name, they're going to have more followers. But one thing I've learned about followers is that they don't necessarily listen or engage with you. So I'd rather have a small amount of followers who are engaging, who are saying there's a message there. And I'm hearing a message in what you're talking about. It's finding your inner self and telling the rest of the world, look at, maybe you don't like the way I wear my hair. Maybe you think I should be, you know, thinner. Maybe I should, you know, sing a different type of song. Maybe I should project differently. But if that's not you, it's not going to come out good, is it? No. I love that. I love that. So is, do you have a favorite song on the new album? Because it just came out and I want everybody to know about it. Um, it's so fun. I mean, there's, I, I love this album because it's just, I guess the, my friend says the evolution of Alfred Jackson. Um, I love, there's this, my first single that came out was called If. And it talks about, if you don't love me for who I am, I don't want any parts of you. If you're not ready to go all in, guess what? I wish the best for you. Because once you change your mind, there's no change in it. Can't run back to me, can't get none from me. If, you know, so for that one for me was very like, appreciate yourself, appreciate yourself, love yourself, let it go, you know? Um, and then there's another song called 
Do You Think About Me, which has more of a 70s vibe, uh, meets uh, Marvin Gaye meets Elder Barge type thing. Um, Ugly is one of my favorites. Um, Never Felt This Way, which was the single that came out right before the album. It's an Afrobeat influence. And uh, a lot of people are really loving that record. So, I, I mean, I like a lot of them, but I think if I had to pick a favorite, it would be If, it would be Ugly, and Stay. Stay is a ballad, and it's just really beautiful, and it talks about relationships, and don't take your love from me, let's work this out. You know, because when you know it's worth it, then you can figure it out. You know what I mean? That's when you fight for it. But, um, yeah, it's, it, I have a, oh, Business and Pleasure. That's a favorite too. That just, it's basically what it says. Don't, the song is like, don't mix business with pleasure. I'm sure, and a lot of people have experienced that in the workplace and how it affects the workplace and the pros and cons. Sometimes it works out, but most times. It doesn't. <laughs> and you know, and I have to tell you, I learned that the hard way. Uh, when I was working in corporate America at a uh, not-for-profit college, loved what I was doing, loved my job, loved my students, hated the culture. But because I loved the job and I loved my students, I was a workaholic. I didn't, I didn't want to come home because there was one more thing I could do. And so I was asked one day, why do you put so many hours into it? I said, oh, it doesn't feel like work. And then I thought, no, that's not true. It, it's becoming work. Yeah. And I knew at that time that I didn't know what pleasure was. Yeah. I didn't know. I mean, on the weekend, my husband and I might go and do something, but I was constantly thinking about work. And it was like, why can't I enjoy going to the park or going to a movie or going to a nice place to eat? I wasn't because my head was twirling. And that's when I realized I need to separate work from pleasure. And it's not easy sometimes, uh, especially in your case, you're on the road a lot. If you're not on the road, you're you're rehearsing or finding another gig. And so that downtime probably is not as much as your work time. Mm -hmm. But you Mm -hmm. gotta find that downtime to say, okay, what else do I like? Right. You know, do I like taking a walk? Do I like sitting on the beach? Do you know, I like listening to somebody else's music? Whatever it is, you got to find that and yeah. label that pleasure. Yeah. And your job work. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So where are you going to be performing so that our listeners can come out and hear you? We are currently actually in talks about putting some dates together. Um, because the project is out and uh, I want to, I usually do huge concerts, the dancers and all of that, but I want to start off small. I want to hit up some like lounges and smaller clubs in Los Angeles area. So we're looking at Los Angeles, New York, possibly Atlanta right now. No dates solid yet, still in meetings. Um, outside of that, I am in a film called, uh, Remember Me, the Mahalia Jackson story. Uh, it's just did a few film festivals and I believe it's streaming here and there in certain places. Um, so that you can check me out on. And then the visual album is up right now on YouTube, on my YouTube channel. And um, it's up for a limited time because I'm working on getting it 
on Amazon Prime and, you know, getting, getting to reach out to more people. Um, so those are the few things that are coming up. And then if you're on a cruise ship, <laughs> <laughs> I would probably won't be performing my original music, but if you love Motown, um, oh. group called Uptown, yep. and we do celebrity cruise lines. Uh, and we, if you're on one of their ships, you'll probably see me there, um, but more shows to come this year and definitely early next year, there'll be tons of more work coming. Sounds exciting. It really, really does. And I'll tell you, I do love Motown. I'm from Motown. So yeah, so that's, you know, it's funny, because when people used to ask me what kind of music I like, I always would say, well, 40s, because that's what my parents played a lot when I was growing up. Then I'd say rock. And then I realized, no, it wasn't rock. It was Motown. And there was rock in Motown, but it, it really was Motown. And um, somebody said to me, well, when did you switch? And I said, no, I haven't switched. Now I just listen to music. Um, I'll listen to country. I'll listen to rap. Rap, I'm still, I think I'm a little bit too old to understand it all. But, you know, I, st- I certainly try uh, yeah. because there's a message in all the artwork. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I grew up with my stepfather had crates of records. So one morning it would be Earth, Wind and Fire, be Phil Collins, it'd be Prince, it'd be Michael. And my old time favorite is Janet Jackson. She's like the reason I'm an artist um, because I just, her blueprint of how she really skyrocketed after the Control album and just stuck to her guns and did what she wanted to do um, and seeing her evolution as an artist, reinventing herself each album um she just spoke to me you know and I was like I like this I like this woman and her shows are amazing yes they are absolutely Um, but yeah my stepfather used to play everything so I was exposed to a lot of music so then when I went to the art school I had to do opera concert choir and gospel and at first I was like I'm not feeling the opera I'm I'm good and uh then I realized the importance of opera and how it influenced my music absolutely music is just magical right transcends like it's there are no barriers you know what i'm saying and um i think that that's why music makes me so happy so when i do do the motown show with the guys i'm there's just this energy because the music is real and it comes from a place you know these are you think about the history of motown they sit down in the studio for hours not knowing what music was going to be created right and it happened so, um, yeah. Well, I have to tell you, this has been so rewarding to me to talk to you today. Um, for all of our listeners, the information that um, we gave you about, you know, the album and everything else, that's going to be in the show notes. So don't worry. You haven't missed anything. You'll know how to get to the music. Um, Alfred, please stay in touch because as you start putting out those dates where you're going to be performing, uh, we want everyone to know about it. Um, I wish I was going on a cruise, but uh, that's not in my future right now. But if you get close to Cleveland, uh, we will come and hear you and applaud for you because you are just, you bring sunshine to my day. And I want to thank you. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Um, 
I enjoyed this. It's very much Wonderful. smile. It's just, I can't stop smiling because you're smiling. <laughs> I love that. Say hi to your family. Tell them that we appreciate all the love. Okay. Well, I will. Take, Take care. care now. Bye-bye.